Holman, welcome back to the studio here at Motor Trend. Uh, I don't think we should delay the intro as long as we did on episode 175. It took us almost a half an hour to get to it. And then we had uh, Gail Banks, which was gold, as he always is, which we're going to continue in this episode. But I just want to get right into it. Is that okay? That was the longest intro for somebody that doesn't want to have a long intro. That was only like 30 seconds. God, it felt like four or five hours. All right, let me just tell you a story really quick, because I can't almost believe it myself because it's actually true is this where you delay us before the intro yes but for good reason go ahead i was driving on the 405 coming to the studio and sure as what is in the left hand lane that passes me Cybertruck. a black regular cab five liter coyote (laughs) lowered f-150 with an exhaust was it me it wasn't you but it looked like a guy that could have been you. Okay, was he? He was overweight with a goatee. He just looked like it could have been you. It looked okay. like you looked like he was your people. Okay, yeah. And it passed me, and I'm like, "Are you serious?" Did he have tall black socks and a, a flat bill hat? Uh, I couldn't see what he was wearing because the black windows were tinted pretty darkly on the black truck. Gotcha. With the black wheels, mm-hmm. and it was an XLT or an XL whatever has the non LED headlights and the uh, the cheaper grill. Yeah. But it had the painted bumper, so it was basically the truck that you've been talking about. Oh yeah. Literally passed me today. The sport appearance package I, on the XLT. And I went, seriously? Why, why is the universe taunting me right now? Well, why, why do you say it's taunting you? Because, because we had this whole discussion about you, and that's not the right truck for you, and maybe that's what the, maybe the universe was backing me up because the universe said, you're right, somebody else already has a truck. Lightning doesn't need one. That's what it was. <laughs> Come on. That's ridiculous. I mean, it's not ridiculous. I haven't ordered the truck yet because you haven't uh, come through on our little friends and family deal. With I'm the... waiting for the email from Ford. Well, how long does that take? I'm not the people who do it. Can you ping him again? I could if I thought that was the right purchase for you. Are you going to buy a 4x4? I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to buy once you hand over my <sighs> super deal from Ford. Uh-huh. I just can't believe. Like, I, I want to know, is that the universe taunting me? No. Or is that It's the universe warming you up saying, hey, it's going to be so cool when Mm. lightning has one and takes you for a spin around the block. Mm. Dude, come on now. This is not cool. You're going to have a TRX, as we discussed in the last episode, as a loaner vehicle from Ram for a year. For a freaking year. Or Wheeler will have that vehicle. Okay. Blah, blah. Semantics. Four Wheeler, which you run, Uh will have one. You guys know that Holman here runs four-wheeler magazine, right? And, and online and all the four-wheeler stuff. That's this guy right here. Mm-hmm. So he and his team, because they, uh, they, they gave the uh, truck of the year to the TRX, which was well-deserved, mm-hmm. okay? But as, I don't know if it's a thank you or how it works, but they give you the truck to review for the next all, year. All, all right? manufacturers are invited to participate, and okay. the winner is required to give up a vehicle for a year so that we can do fuel economy, required. warranty. Uh, cost of ownership, okay, and the full year experience. Because so this bit- is validation after you right. give them Listen, the award. Now they have. Yeah, now you can say lots like of it's people, really worth it. A lot of people always say, "Oh, you give it award, but what's it like to live like? I've had these problems, or blah blah blah. You know, whatever the case is, and we can say this is our long term test." Okay, and well, then you Listen. can read about it as a potential customer and see what were the experiences that we had in that particular vehicle. So you're gonna have a 702 horsepower supercharged. I'm going to have access powered to yes. TRX access to. Uh-huh. Okay, whatever. You're going to yeah. be driving it most of the time. No. Or sharing it with your staff. Sure. You'll have many hours of seat time. You know how many hours of seat time Lightning's going to have? Zero. Zero. So 
Why are you on me? Why are you busting me mm-hmm. for wanting a supercharged V8 I'm as well? I'm not busting on you. I think you should put that in a 4x4. I think you should take your kids camping. I think... Why are we doing this again? We did this two episodes ago. All right. Let's and not by do the way, this. Let's I not have, do this. I have some emails where our listenership has chimed in on the topic. All right, we're going to get to those emails and they're going to say whatever they say. But before we do that, let's thank, <laughs> let's thank our friends over at Nissan who have an amazing truck. Okay, the, the Nissan Titan, the Titan XD. Now, the XD has 11,040 pounds of towing capacity, which is a pretty amazing. Uh, it's a, that's a whole lot of superchargers. See what I'm saying? How much does the supercharger weigh? They're heavy, like 300 pounds. 300 pounds? Some of them are, some are, some are, no, they're not at all. They're like 100 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Lightning. All right, uh, up to 11,040 pounds of capacity, like my man Lightning said. 400 horsepower, 413 pound-feet of torque, the most standard horsepower and torque in its class. Of course, the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, that awesome Fender audio system, the Platinum Reserve with those crazy soft leather seats. You can get the Titan boxes. I'm talking myself into a Titan right now. I'm going to uh, <laughs> forego uh, the, uh, the ride home and walk straight to my Nissan dealer. Well, shouldn't you build in price first? And if you do, I might just give you a ride. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to head over to NissanUSA.com. Now, Holman, when you're driving trucks for Motor Trend, right? Review trucks. Yeah. And you bust parts. Yeah. Do you replace them with Duralast parts? I mean, I suppose I could because Duralast has everything you need and uh, always not the only option for quality sensor switches and ignition components. Duralast vehicle electronics are built by OE and Tier 1 suppliers. That's why I asked. In a lot of cases, they're actually better than the OE parts. What do you mean they're better than OE? Well, they're designed for OE or better fit, form, and function. Parts are redesigned to improve known OE design flaws. There are over 750 part types and over 100,000 SKUs for electronics. Parts are added every month as new vehicles come to market. And, of course, Duralast parts are tested under extreme temperature, humidity, vibration, and built with thicker insulation and heat-resistant materials for longer life and durability. They're precisely calibrated to match or exceed the OE standard for performance. So, Lightning, in a lot of cases, they're the best parts out there. And what's awesome is you can just roll right into your local AutoZone to get them. Or DuraLastParts.com. Of course, we've got to thank our friends over at Borla. And I have uh, just the clip for you this time, but we've got to know your note this episode. So I'm going to play it, and then I want you to marinate on it. You want me to... Know your notes. And then you want me to marinate on it. Yes. Like your, like your Dr. Pepper barbecue sauce marinade? That's not a marinade. That's a sauce. Okay. All right. The sweet sounds of Borla's exhaust. Wait, is that one vehicle or is that several? Uh, I don't know. Just saying that uh, you're going to have to uh, marinate on it. Remember? Okay. All right, if you're looking to upgrade that weenie stock exhaust on uh, your truck and give you the uh, the deep, burly sound of a Borla. Baritone. Something that's made in the USA out of T304 stainless. It comes with a million-mile warranty and a no-drone guarantee. Then you want to head over to Borla.com where you can see if there's an application for your ride. Because no one wants to sound weenie. Am I right? Uh, let's start the show. <laughs> the Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Whoa, whoa. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. 
No, don't ruin it. Stop it. We got a big show right here. Episode 176. Whoa. This is part two of Gail Banks Trace. Right? Part two of Gail. All right, listen, I don't know. You, you confuse me. All I know is that we so rudely interrupted the man last time, and we're going to right that wrong by having the second half of our epic interview with him on this show right here, right now. All right, we're hanging out in the conference room at Banks Power in Azusa, California, and it is Holman and uh, Lightning, me and Gail Banks. And where we left off in the last episode was talking about Jay Leno. Gail and Jay are longtime friends, and Gail, you recently... Well, you had an experience in his Tesla. You explain. I think it, it was yeah, it was Christmas a couple of years ago, Christmas Day. And Christmas Day, I, I like to take out something fast and go fast, you know, Christmas morning type of thing. So I was in the Marauder. I'm out bombing around, and I go, you know what? I bet Jay is at the shop alone on Christmas Day. I'm gonna go by. So I go by, I punch in the code at the gate. Yeah, yeah. I says, <laughs> hey Jay, it's Gail. Ah, I'll open the gate. So he opens the gate. He says, I'm, I'm getting the Chrysler turbine car prepped. I'm gonna take Mavis out for a Christmas ride in the turbine car. His wife Mavis, by yeah, the way. Yeah, he, he gets it fired up and Pulls it outside and he's checking brake fluid and he's finally he's down to cleaning the white walls. I'm just hanging. I took a few pictures of the car and uh, he says, "Hey, you want to go for a ride in my Tesla?" I says, "Sure, hell yeah." He says, "I got the ludicrous mode." I says, "What the hell?" He says, "It's quick." So we get out on the street, the main street. Uh, trying to think of the name of the street. And, and um, he says, put your head against the cushion, the headrest, you know, the whatever you call the bolster. I said, oh, come on. He says, I had a guy in here, here the, other, the other day, and his head smacked that thing real hard. <laughs> and I said, okay, I believe you. So I put my head against the headrest, and he nails it, and it's like my feet came off the floor. <laughs> and I went... What the hell? This thing leaves. It has to be all-wheel drive, of course. But I got to hand it to Tesla. I got to hand it to the electric car guys. They're quick. You know, I got this new Cadillac. It's all-wheel drive. Uh, it's quick. But that Tesla would get me the first 60 feet. He'd have 30 feet on me, Jeez. maybe more. Oh, uh, by the way, not just any Cadillac. You have a black wing. Yeah. An all-wheel drive, all-wheel steer, twin-turbo, twin-intercooler. <laughs> it's a very serious Cadillac. i got to take Jay for a ride in it. I, I, he's probably never been in one. There's not a lot of them. I'll probably go over and have three of them. But, uh, Would they make uh, 800 of them, something like that? Yeah, very limited. Uh, it was going to be 275 or so, and then they extended it a bit. Uh, it got oversubscribed, and they, yeah, maybe seven or 800 of them. That makes it a pretty rare car. Yeah. Uh, Hard to get parts for. Yeah. Boy, I enjoy driving that car. Mm. That thing gets big, real big, and, and people don't believe it. Now, they, they have one coming at 668 horsepower, 
Uh, mine's a CT6. So I wanted to, uh, just like my Marauder, uh, it, it's black, it's a four-door. I can put friends in it. I graduated from my SS-454 pickups to, to Marauder and then ultimately to the Blackwing. I love the Marauder. That's still one of my favorites. We've gotten out to lunch in that thing many times, but... You guys don't know this, but all of his cars are murdered out. Like, they're yeah, just they're all, straight, yeah. all black. Yep. And, uh, and, and, he, and before they, it was cool. They're all that. set up for road race. The Marauders, you know, I did... I did what the, is that? Three... You have, like, 315s on the back of that or 330s or yeah, something Yeah, whatever like I could... Yeah. yeah. They're pretty big. It's big. And it lights them up easily, you know. I should put drag radials on the back of it. Then it wouldn't be road race. But those Nitto drag radials have always worked for me. The point with the, with the whole thing here is I get to, over to Lynn. Now, as we go out, he nails that thing. Wow. Suddenly, I'm a believer in the acceleration capabilities of electric cars. I still wonder what would happen top end. Or if we went from an 80-mile-an-hour hit, what, what would a, my Marauder do against that Tesla? Of course, to have equivalent power, I'd have to twin-turbo the Coyote I've got for This whole electric car thing, there's no sound. They have no soul. They have no life. I don't like the silence. I'm sorry, guys, but I like things that go bang. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about a uh, about a uh, electric car is uh, dynamically they're pretty good. A lot of them have batteries down low, low center of gravity. They handle really well. The torque is amazing. They're very fast, but there's a visceralness that you miss from an internal combustion engine. The song isn't there. They've been freaking neutered. They've been neutered. You don't go balls out with a Tesla. I'm just saying, there's no emotion there. So, yeah, it's quick. You can brag about it, uh, how quick it is. I can beat Corvettes. I can beat this or that. I've never set, seen a one of them set up for cornering. Yeah. I have never seen a road-raced Tesla or any other electric car for that matter. I guarantee you they make peak torque at zero RPM. Off the mark. They're hard. They're hard, very hard to beat. I guarantee you, I'll come up with something that will beat the living <laughs> out of them. So, <laughs> there were a couple up at uh, Pikes Peak this last year. I only know because uh, when we were talking on the last episode about uh, Scott Birdsall and his diesel record, uh, I watched. Uh, I think it was a Toyo put out a, a video, um, and I it was about Pikes Peak this last year, mm-hmm. and was watching it, and there were a couple of Teslas that showed up. And um, they, they didn't fare that well, but, you know, they, they gave it a go. And I'm sure that they were set up for, you know, obviously for cornering. So I'm sure that's out there. It just well, that's what yet. I call road race. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, a guy who builds electric bikes down, down near the beach, down where you live, Sean, mm-hmm. um, he took the bike category one year when I was racing up there. I mean, that's how quick that electric bike was. And, of course, it, it was set up for cornering and road racing, big brakes, all of it. The beauty of Pikes Peak is that a, that's a place where the battery will survive long enough for you to run peak output for 12-point-whatever miles. 
That's it. There's a thing called um, the Isle of Man. Oh, yeah. And Always wanted to go. The yeah. scariest, Amazing. Scary, yeah. Widowmaker. Yeah. Best I've seen out of an electric vehicle at the Isle of Man is one bloody fast lap, and that's it. Now, what's the Isle of Man? 42 miles, something like that? I, I can look it up. Yeah. It's not short. Craziest it, road bike uh, course you've ever seen. Just Google it if you haven't. If you're not familiar with Isle oh, of Man. Oh, you got to watch a fast bike at, at the Isle of Man. It's, uh, air it, it's almost um, artistic. No, it is. 37.73 miles. Okay. It is artistic. It's yeah. not almost. It is artistic. Uh, it's, it, the, the, uh, if you want to see something that quite literally melds man and machine into one form, you watch Isle of Man. There, there isn't, I would say there's not another form of motorized recreation where you have to be so at one with the machine that you're so, on. So, you know, I have a friend, Alan Goldman. Yeah. Alan Goldman has a nine-foot uh, Beckstein concert grand piano in his music, you know, the G-spot. You've been there, Sean. Uh, love you, it. You've been there. Yeah, Lightning love it. Amazing is, facility. Yeah. In his house. When Alan Goldman plays that piano... It's a melding of man and machine or man and instrument. I've seen a guy, Tim Bullis is his name. He lives up in uh, Mariposa area, California. Tim's an old friend, and I was working on this 80 acres up in the Sierras. It's the old, old entrance into Yosemite National Park. It's into the Wawona area. It's a stagecoach road. We were building road, and he... he had an excavator with a thumb on it. And he's pulling pulling trees out of the ground like weeds, <laughs> you know. And watching Tim Bullis run that excavator was, here's this guy just sitting there like Alan Goldman playing the piano. He knew exactly what note to strike, what key to strike, how hard to strike it, at what rate of key movement to strike it. That was Tim Bullis running that excavator. Unbelievable. When a guy's with his machine, it's art. And those guys on those bikes on the Isle of Man, that is art. The race lap record for a 37-mile race, 16 minutes and 42 seconds. That's a 135-mile-an-hour uh, average. Well, compare that to like... <laughs> <laughs> on a twisting... Well, we think yeah. of Nürburgring, Ups right? and downs, Nürbur all kinds yeah. of... Yeah. Nürburgring is what, 18 miles, something like that? And, uh, I mean, it's... It's 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 more than double. I mean that is really a feat of endurance. Yeah. Pike's Peak is what nine minutes is a is a baller run. Oh, uh, now eight minutes yeah. into the eights. I don't know if it, some guy who came from Europe in a, a really hot rally car. I can't remember their time, but they were unbelievable. So I don't have that kind of money to build something like that. It takes a lot of squad of guys, fleets of guys. And a lot of engineers and a lot of development. We're talking about electrification and with the, the Teslas is that they don't have to worry about altitude. There's no degradation uh, up high, right? Although they still have to worry about weight because unlike a fueled vehicle we've talked before, as you, as you expend fuel, the vehicle gets lighter. When a battery-powered vehicle... The battery's always, or the, the vehicle's it's always constant the same weight. weight. That, yeah. that, that's, so, that's, that's true, but they're not battling the air density going to zip up, up But, but up my, high. my point is there's still drawbacks to battery. It's not all good when you still are carrying the full sure. weight all the but time. But the, the, the arrow gets better. The arrow loss, air density gets lower. 
you, you can poke that hole in the air with the same power and go faster uh, on the same power. As you, you know, I think we started at like 9,200 feet of altitude, something like that, and we ended up 14,110. And yeah, that's hard on uh, in, in engines uh, in terms of power output. We actually developed the turbo control for Afghanistan Navy guys in Afghanistan with Humvees. Humvees in their stock form have no altitude compensation whatsoever with the turbo diesel they have. We needed to fix that for the Navy for things they wanted to do in Afghanistan and have bug out capability. We duplicated the air density. The stock Humvees that we tested were 1165s in that range. And the engine horsepower rating doesn't even matter. We got it up like 113 to 118 horsepower at the road. Here, at 500 feet of altitude, we duplicated the air density and fed that into the engine out on the chassis dyno, and we made like 53 horsepower at 14,000 feet, which was their, their bogey. So I went, gee, if I'm going to develop turbocharging for that altitude, it's like an airplane turbocharger system. The first turbocharged aircraft engine was tested by General Electric at the top of Pikes Peak. Honest to God. Hmm. So, and then they took that engine and put it in an aircraft and increased the altitude record by like 13,000 feet over the prior one, turbocharging. We developed Humvee Afghanistan deployable turbocharging with altitude compensation in Paul Dallenbach's open class race car at Pikes Peak. And, and we're 440 inch SB2 small block Chevy like NASCAR uh, cylinder heads running on alcohol. Little different you than know. what you plan on uh, in 2022 with a, a twin turbo Duramax. Yes. Yeah. Well, I've got diesel, super turbo diesel experience on the mountain with Size Matters too. By the way, you guys, a very cool video uh, on YouTube is Size Matters 2, that truck down at the Matson Terminal in San Pedro, uh, drifting against a small block-powered Datsun 240 or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> it is something to behold that... The big-ass truck? That big-ass truck duking it out. Uh, and I mean, it's drifting. I mean, it's legit. This is oh, this is pre or just at the beginning of like Fast and Furious, right? And, but nobody had done it in a in a big rig before, right? In a in a Freightliner, nobody had run a turbocharged. I'm super saying, turbo. well, no one had done any of it. No one had drifted a truck like that, to my knowledge. Oh no, no, no. no. Mike Ryan was a crazy man. But but when we did the power, the response was far better. The smoke w was virtually gone. We used the fuel in the engine rather than p passing it through the engine and, and having smoke. Uh, you know, we, somewhere in the Bible it says if you inject the fuel into the cylinder, you frickin' use it there. You don't run it through the engine. And puke it out the back end? Well, to put out a plume of smoke, which you associate with your manhood. <laughs> you know, it doesn't neuter you to, to have more horsepower and no smoke yeah. because you'll win. I, I understand the tractor pull, the this, the that. You're limited on turbocharger size or whatever you're doing. 
So putting in more fuel and putting it on super kill and, you know, the smoke is just little tiny briquettes. It's fuel heated in the absence of air, in the absence of oxygen. You're making little tiny microscopic briquettes, and if you inhale them, they never come back out. Lung cancer is guaranteed. Don't inhale that stuff. You can make it. Pump it into the church lady's car or you're sitting next to on a, on a Sunday. I've, I've seen videos yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, we all have. Oh, I think Jesus. for the most part we've moved on as an industry from that. No, they're still out there. I mean, there's still a lot of guys trying to delete, and, you know, they, they, will, they will say that well, they Well, I said as an industry, not as a hobby. Oh, yeah, true. It, it, it still kills me that on a daily basis we run into guys who are still removing their emissions equipment, and they'll tell you it's because all the emissions equipment will eventually fail. It's going to cost me money. But really, really, I think they just want to roll coal. They're, they're, they're using— Bottom line, by law, all the emissions equipment is warranted for far longer— and then everything else on the truck. Yeah, I think it's at what one hundred twenty-five thousand, something like that. Yeah, or ten years, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So don't tell me you're going to kill the emissions equipment. The way you kill the emissions equipment is pump smoke into the DPF and clog it up, and then you blame the DPF. I mean, we're making we're making a hundred horsepower now with all the emissions equipment on a twenty twenty or twenty twenty one L five P, and it doesn't hurt the engine. You just got to do it right. Do you know anybody that knows how to do it right, Gail? Uh, <laughs> I got a guy. <laughs> He's got a guy. Funny, I got a guy too. Can we, can we segue into something? I wanted to talk about a, a new product that I'm personally really proud of, but I, wanna, I want you to tell your side of the story, Gail, and that's the Pedal Monster for something that you've just received a patent on. So congratulations on your 5,000th patent. <laughs> uh, but that is something, Holman, I don't even know if you know about that. That's something that just came down last week uh, that we received a, a patent on. Uh, so let's talk about how the Pedal Monster came to be. You'd flirted with these devices for, for years and years, but never really, it's not a real power adder because everything you've made, to my knowledge, has always either uh, added power or allowed your vehicle to make more power. This is the first uh, the first piece that you've released that doesn't make power per se, but it changes the feel of the vehicle in- instantly and dramatically. Well, we were talking about throttle response uh, with a Tesla uh, earlier, and the rate that power comes on is what you do with a pedal monster. You don't have to go to the wood to get it all. And a lot of people don't want to go to the wood. It allows you to tailor the throttle response of the vehicle in three different basic categories, which are? Uh, Yes, city, sport, and track. And in each category, there are 10 different 3D maps. It's not just a a potentiometer. right. Right. Most of the other ones are. We use the microprocessor. To its fullest extent, when we design a piece of electronics, we're able to shape the response as well as amplify it. We're able to even take one of our 3D maps and you can customize it yourself up to 10 miles an hour. So it's a response tune uh, on a uh, a response product. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But the thing... I fought against doing a throttle booster for years. All you got to do is push down the frickin' pedal. And 
Uh, but a lot of a lot of people said that, Gail. They're like, if you want to go faster, just push down. And, and you yeah. kind of said that for a while until you tried one. And then I went, oh, I'm not really adding power here. But it's the perception I'm, of response. It's actually not the per- perception. It's the response. Right. It, it transforms the response of your vehicle. And if it's turbocharged, in a lot of cases, guys tell me, you just removed the turbo lag. You know, it's a very exciting. I put one on my Blackwing uh, a development uh, model. It gets scary. When you get on the track uh, and you've got that much potential engine, oh, my God. It just, I started laughing out loud. Honest to God, I'm going, what's what the hell? <laughs> well, it's you funny because why are manufacturers, um, and I've heard different things on different vehicles that they deaden the response. Some I of call it, it is sponge pedal. They, they, because they, they don't want you to have too much tip in because they don't want to have to pull back power from uh, the traction control system for drivability. They want you to have a smooth, you know. So a lot of the manufacturers do this on purpose and they know what they're doing. But for somebody who considers themselves a driver, it's annoying and you guys have a product but it's different than other products that are out there that have maybe a similar function but obviously through your patent you guys are approaching it in a completely different way and one of the things i'd like you to talk about is and i talked about this with lightning is you guys have an interesting fail safe on your product that other companies don't and i think that's actually interesting because i didn't understand why you did it this way until jay explained it to me and i went oh well that's smart so, of Gale, there is a there, yeah. There, <laughs> thank you. So, active safety is what we call it. We looked at all the other ones on the market. We bought them. We tested them, and, and we found that if it, if you deny them voltage, if you have a fuse blow, whatever, your pedal goes to zero. It it's dead. And if you're if you're doing something like passing on a two-lane against an opposing semi or whatever, and they, your pedal thing fails, you've got nothing. What do you do? Hit the binders and try to get back behind the guy? Because you ain't passing them. You just, I mean, it'd be very hair-raising. Or you're on the railroad tracks and your kids are in the back seat and the throttle goes dead. When we were testing these products, we simulated a circuitry failure in the device and we simulated a, a, a voltage failure in both cases you're just pounding on the pedal and there's nothing there even on the freeway if you're out there and you're going 80 miles an hour and it goes to zero throttle somebody's going to hit you from behind it i just said that do no harm thing the hippocratic oath I don't want anybody to have trouble with anything that says banks on it. So we engineered a fail-safe system where if it fails, we know it, and you go back to stock pedal. You don't lose any power. You don't, the engine doesn't go to idle. The pedal's not dead. You just go to back to stock power, and the pedal is still active. And you don't have By to worry about... By that, I mean about, stock pedal response. Right, which, which is good because unlike some of the other ones out there, through a failure, you could have an unintended throttle, unintended acceleration. And by going back to stock, 
it's less than what the pedal monster would give you, not more. So you don't go yeah, to a any, position where all of a sudden if there's a failure, you're at 120% rather than be at 50%. So you're not worried about, you know, a failure causing you to accelerate well, suddenly or something Well, we can't like go more than 100% throttle. In other words, when you're on the wood, it's the same yeah. as it would. I meant from a res- response. From yeah, yeah well, what was yeah. happening is there was there's a couple brands that we, we bought, like, I don't know, more than half a dozen competitors. And what we found is that a, a lot of them offer a, quote, unquote, economy mode, right. which retards your pedals. So if you're down 50% pushing on your on your throttle, it's only giving you, say, 30%. If, the, if it fails? If the box fails, all of a sudden now you have 50% throttle and you lurch forward. Another guy's had, like, valet mode, which r- r- retards. Let's say you put it in a Corvette, right? And the the valet has it, and it and it fails, and he's at you know half pedal. Now all of a sudden he lurches forward and rear ends somebody. So that we didn't we didn't do. It's unintended acceleration, right. which is what I, I not lurch I forward. I asked, I go, why don't you guys have an eco mode like some of these other ones? And then when you know Jay explained it, went, oh, got it. That totally makes sense. The now. eco mode is already in your stock yeah. p- pedal response. Right. It's already in eco mode. Yes, we're trying to get performance feel out of it. Right. Yeah. And another big thing that we discovered is that. All of them connect at the pedal. So you've all got a connector on your above your big toe, which connects your pedal to the ECM, right, in all modern cars. And it's basically a zero to five volt sensor. And it has some, uh, it has enough current just barely to power itself, okay? All the other modules tap in, and then the module gets power to run its circuitry by tapping into that pedal. That pedal's not designed for a, another module other than the pedal itself. The pedal power supply. The, the pedal power. Inst- Thank you. Yes. And what was happening in a lot of, for whatever reason, chargers and challengers, source me, just go on YouTube and you'll find plenty of these videos where guys are in, in on the highway and their pedal just goes away. It's because they draw too much power off of that circuit the ECM thinks the pedal is broken or malfunctioning and turns the pedal off. And you, it sets a trouble code. Yeah. You get a, a check a, engine a, light. A DTC. So what we did, instead of pulling 5 volts from the pedal plug itself, we pulled 12 volts from OBD, which could power a light bulb. There's plenty of overhead. And that way, you're never going to have that issue. So what's and the while pat- we were there, we tapped into all the signals, all the CAN bus yeah. stuff. So, so you we know, know what's going on. In we like, know what gear you're in. Holistic vehicle approach. Yeah. Is that where the patent comes from? Uh, what is I, what is the patent? What is, I, let me tell you this. The first um, there's two patents. The second one's going through the process. I'm not going to talk about that okay. one. But the this one has to do with the safety system, and and also when you put the thing in reverse. You know, you don't want enhanced pedal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. When you're trying, when you're trying to put the hitch on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You want stock pedal response then. Sure. So, since we're already on the vehicle bus, but by being in the diagnostic connector, getting our 12 volts there, it'll learn when you're in reverse, and it'll put you back to stock when you're in reverse. In some cases, new new applications. We send a customer, what do we send them, like an iDash? Yes. To, uh, so or they we'll, may have bought it with an iDash. Yeah, and what uh, we'll do is if they don't have reverse safety, uh, which is what we call it, already active, if we don't know the, the particular PID, that parameter, yeah. we'll send the, uh, an iDash to some of the customers that have, like said, new vehicles that we don't have in our database. They'll ping the ECM. It takes 30 seconds, literally start to finish. I've been on the phone with the guys. And then they'll email me back 
their PID list, we give it to engineering, we add that to our database, and then when we do an auto update the next time, which is wireless over the mobile phone, which is how you can also control the pedal monster, it updates the pedal monster, and all of a sudden, that customer now has uh, reverse safety. So we've done that with over a dozen you know, uh, uh, models so far, and we're on the verge, by the time you're hearing this, we're now rolling it out to Toyotas, Tundras, Tacomas, Camrys, on and on. This and is an all-vehicle device, not a diesel device. Right. This is a throttle pedal device. We fit most anything made in the world. So, so how many patents do you have now? That's a good question. That is a very good do question. Do you have more patents? More than 20. Do you have more patents than you have conference rooms named after you now? Huh. <laughs> that was quite a treat. <laughs> so we sell, your listeners may not know this, but there's a vehicle that replaces the Humvee in the armed forces, and it's called the Joint Light Tactical Vehicle, the JLTV. And it's like a Baja truck, a trophy truck, that's up armored. I mean, I, honestly, it's got like 18, 19 inches of wheel travel. It's, it's amazing. It's an amazing vehicle. Every one is powered by one of my Duramaxes. Uh, the Duramax is not a standard assembly at Duramax. It's a Banks assembly. So it ha- we, we send a lot of parts, a lot of components to the line. And when, when they build the engine, probably on the line, I don't know, 15, 20% of its banks. Um, then they ship here to Azusa, and we put it on three or 400 other parts and components. We give it a brain. We put our wire loom, engine wiring on, turbocharging. All kinds of stuff happens here. Yeah, there's a lot of things that make it a Gale Banks engine versus exactly. something that came out of your 3500 HD or something like that. Yeah, it's not the same by a long shot. And it has an oil-air uh, separation system in the oil pan that I also patented. It's a lube oil temperature and aeration control that cuts the oil aeration literally in half, more than in half. Uh, how does it do it? The impact Magic. Of the- no, it's not Gail magic. Gail Banks magic. No, <laughs> no, no. Gail, you, you skip along the production line with your little sack, a little leather sack of um, sprinkly dust, and you just go- I'm glad he didn't say fairy dust. <laughs> he almost did. Yeah, yeah, I know he did. Sprinkly dust, and you go, adding magic. <laughs> do, 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 do. You tell he has a daughter, can't you? I have two, <laughs> I, I have two, two daughters. daughters, Oh, yes. yeah. Okay. No, so wait. So, Gail, back up just one hair. magic. Huh? Back up one hair. Why is aeration of the oil bad? So why did you have to solve that issue? The film strength of the oil, all oil running in an engine has air, if you will, emulsified with the, the oil. This or, is the bad form of air density, by the way. Yeah. You don't want air, you, air density in your oil. You, you, you don't, only want it in your engine on the intake side. It breaks down the film strength of the oil. You want to minimize aeration, especially in an endurance engine. Think of it as a, like frothing. Yeah, foaming. Same thing in a differential. Uh, our, our diff co- cover addresses the same issues. And I, by God, got a patent for that, too. The diff cover. You know, the ram air diff covers. But what I'm saying is the, the aeration and the temperature. If you work the oil b- b- by hitting a profile scraper or any f- form of deflector, it impacts 
it aerates the oil in the process and heats it. Well, I'm, I'm running these 600-horse engines full throttle for hour, hour after hour. I'm trying to control the oil temperature, and I found it was far easier once we did this passive system. So the way I process the oil through the oil sump, and I, I, I don't have a windage tray. I have an initial deflector and, a, and then a secondary ramp. The air and the oil go into the sump, and they, and they counter-rotate. In other words, you're facing the front of the engine. It's rotating counter or clockwise. Below this separation ramp that I've got in, inside the pan, it's rotating counterclockwise. So it's like a figure eight. It is. The airflow is a figure eight. And what I do to separate the, the oil and the air is all passive. There's no impact anywhere. So the oil temp comes down at, at the same horsepower, uh, and the air aeration is reduced uh, from stock configurations uh, on the order of 60 to 65% reduction in aeration. Now, a dry sump is really good at reducing aeration, but dry sumps are expensive and really not necessary uh, except in certain racing applications or clearance ap applications. We're putting a dry sump on the engine in Lockjaw because of standard depth pan. As I mentioned earlier, if you lay frame, uh, which we're going to do, it's going to be a bagged car or truck, you lay frame, the oil pan will be three inches into the street. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't want to talk about patents all day, but I, 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 we made the, the Pedal Monster ultra safe. And the other stuff I'm doing is technical. So that's the second patent. And right now, we're kind of the only guys that's, that'll have a safety system. Right. And we're also yeah. um, the only well, guys. Well, we are right now. We're the only guys yeah. in the safety yeah. system. We're also the only guys that show you, um, you experienced it on using your phone. Like, I think we put it in a, in a Ram truck, right? And we went, went around the block, and I hijacked your image, and I used it as a, as a commercial. Did you? I haven't seen it. Uh, his I saw, image? I saw these other people that had their banks. Was his uh, beard Palmont trimmed? Commercial. I hope his beard his was His beard was about this length right now. Yeah. But, and uh, I, I never saw it. Nobody, uh, nobody ran that's through my lawyers that. or my people. I've that's never, not true. No, you I've actually never it. seen it. That's not true. You have seen no, it. No, I, I have not. Yes, I've sent it to you and you've said, oh, yeah, I've Wrong. seen it. Wrong. I've never seen the one that has me. <sighs> okay. Well, so anyway. you can run the, the pedal monster off of uh, an iDash or off of an iPhone or an Android. Okay, so so we've talked about the patents and the products, and, and everybody knows your legacy and your history. Why the hell haven't you uh, sold out yet so that you can just go, uh, like some of our other friends we've talked to, uh, go buy a private island somewhere and screw all this stuff? You can uh, live the rest of your days out in the sun, sipping cocktails, and... Uh, yeah, I mean, like... But, but all the other... It feels like everybody else is has sold out to uh, venture capitalists, and uh -huh, here is yeah. Banks, still a family-owned business for the last, uh, it was 430 years or something like that now? Is, is that an <laughs> anniversary coming up soon? Well, here's the beauty of it. Uh, first of all, being 78 years old, you kind of you kind of You don't go, look a day over 72, Gail. Let thank me, you. Let's, let's be honest. Thank you. <laughs> Tell my wife, will you? Uh, the, the uh, that's, what is that, Henny Youngman? Somebody like that. Yeah, Henny Youngman. Yeah. What would I do? I know guys that have retired. And they die. 
Well, let's be honest. A lot of these guys retire two to three years, and they that's it. Two to three years don't I'm have that purpose anymore. Yeah, you need to to be. Yeah. You're never going to retire. We know that. I don't intend to. Yeah, you can't. This is too damn. You're, you're much too driven. Fun. Well, right now, I think you're having such an interesting uh, product and technology renaissance where. I think you're you're tapping into all the tools at your disposal today and doing some cool stuff with it. And, yeah. and every time, I, you know, you and I talk fairly regularly, and every time I talk to you, you're like, look at this. Here's what we're working on now. Hey, here's the deal. If you are discovering new things, the, the, the validation of that statement is a patent. You truly discovered some, something first. I can't, it's narcotic, man. I can't. I get high on that. I also. I also get real sleepy because burning the oil and doing a patent it, it is mind numbing. It just is, and and then you have to explain it to your patent attorney. Thank God we've been friends for thirty some years. You know, he's my age. You guys got. You have to invite he's him over to the fedora. Either we have discussions about this. I didn't have a clue, Holman. What was involved in a patent, and Gail has them strewn Crazy. about the office, and oftentimes on this conference room table right here. Well, right. It's funny. He has so many, he's actually using one as a coaster right now. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not joking. These things are like 60, 80, 120 pages deep. Yeah. And you have to describe it in every possible way, this 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 object or its function. It's, it's insane. And it's like lawyer speak when you're in a deposition, and they ask you the same question 45 ways, just trying to get you to finally crack yeah. He has to describe the function in every possible means. It's wild. I want to go back for a second, the Holman, and talk about venture capital and these 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 oh. equity guys. Um, most entrepreneurs that I see in the tech world, in the aftermarket, they're excited and delighted when they're offered a sum of money for their company. This guy over here, Mr. Banks, is insulted. He's insulted. You know why? Because his his uh, company is priceless. No, no. Because because they think they can run his business better than he can, and he's like, if you think, yeah, run it into the if, ground. If, no, he's like, if you think that this business is worth buying, then I should be able to get it to the same okay. point that you per- believe it can be. Right? Perfect Am example. I, yeah. Oh, so uh, the, you you if anybody who's been in the motorcycle world knows of a gentleman by the name of Eric Buell, mm-hmm. and Eric Buell was an engineer for Harley Davidson and had this Buell line of bikes, and it was a crazy brilliant engineer, awesome, awesome stuff, yeah, just just an incredible guy. And Buell became a quote unquote sport bike lineup within Harley Davidson. I've owned a few of them. I was within the Buell community for a long time. I loved his bikes. To me, they're the trucks of motorcycles because yeah. they had a lump of an engine in them, and they it, but they're so much fun because they're so much torque. There's so much fun to ride and mass centralization. And you had all these crazy uh, innovations, an airbox where the fuel tank goes, fuel in the perimeter frame, yeah. uh, brakes on the outside of the wheels, uh, exhaust underneath, uh, all this stuff. Right. And Buell, through mismanagement of, of no fault of Eric's, through some partnerships, through Harley-Davidson changing, through the uh, Indian company that bought them, died a bankruptcy death. And, Buell, and Eric moved on to his new fuel line of bikes, which are electric bicycles. And recently, the, somebody bought Buell from bankruptcy, I guess maybe in 2019 or something, and just announced that Buell's going to have 20 new bikes or 40 new bikes in two years and is reviving the brand with all of the tenants of the brand. And all these people wanted to know if Eric is involved. And Eric, uh, I follow him on LinkedIn. We're friends on Facebook. Uh, and it was interesting watching. He says, I have no affiliation with this new company. 
And to me, the heart and soul of Buell motorcycles was Eric Buell because nobody, like there, there was a team of people around Eric that were called the elves that made things happen. Mm-hmm. But the genesis of what Buell was and the ideas were Eric. And I feel like Banks is a lot in the same way. Your name is on the side of the building. It's not like it's Southern California race parts or, or you know, dieselextravaganza.com or something, right? That That is an anonymous- Or XYZ. Whatever. It's yeah. it's Gail Banks Engineering. It's Banks Power. It's you. The, the, I the went business is my, you. I went against my dad. He told me, don't put your name on, on the business. People will know who to call. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you, you don't want to do that. So I just think there's value in, in you being a part of it. I, Banks isn't the same when you go away. And there's a million other companies in the aftermarket that had somebody's name, whether it's Lunati or Wyand or, or, you know, whatever, you know, there's so many that have been bought by venture capitalists. And it's not that they don't understand the business or aren't doing a good job or don't make good products. There's, there's just something that is, um, that is lost in that translation where you don't, the family isn't involved. It doesn't mean, it doesn't have the weight. There's, it's an intangible that's hard to explain when, the, the oracle of the business, if you were, the patriarch of the business, is no longer the guy driving what that business has been for 60 years. So I look at guys who are much richer than me. Uh, first of all, I look at the guy as I came up under, you know, uh, Alex Exidius and Ed Iskandarian and Jack Engel. And, you know, you start talking about the, these guys that were half a generation ahead of me. You know, I really didn't get my grip to the late 50s. These guys started just after World War II. They mentored the shit out of me, and I got to admire them. When they got bought out of their companies, uh, Isky's boys are running his company, but bad example, but a lot of, of the guys got bought out of their companies, and in my estimation, the companies lost their soul to the money men. And in a lot of cases, those companies, in some cases, got sold back. Like Mr. Gasket sold his company like three times and bought it back, uh, 10 cents on the dollar. And why was that? Because Mr. Gasket sold his company repeatedly, and uh, this is back in the 60s, 70s. You know, I've watched money men buy companies and sell them back to the original guys if they were still alive. It continues to, to today. I want my family. My legacy is, is not what I did. It's what I taught. And all the guys who work here, especially in the engineering group, and my daughter, my son, two grandchildren, are working here, and and you kind of you kind of look at this and, and and you go, what could be better than that? I get to mentor them, and they're really good. I mean, they're not dull kids. My legacy is their careers after I'm gone. That's my legacy. I don't need a book. I just want their careers, and everybody else here. The careers, they don't have to be relatives for me to care about their careers. When I'm instructing somebody, 
sometimes I'm really hard on them, but I want them to remember, especially if they did something a little incorrect. Uh, but I have guys that have blown engines on the dyno. They still work here, you know. Uh, it's just it's just an engine. I like building engines that win and building engine components that win. We are engine people in the aftermarket business. We're not air intake people, but we're damn good at it. And I see our air intake innovations copied years now. We come up with something new, like our big-ass filters. Everybody's copying that. I mean, it's like, I'm going to start patenting some of that stuff. I'm tired of being splashed by every jackass in town. <laughs> but if you build a winning engine, all the support systems have, have to be winning as well. If you build an endurance engine or a military engine, all the support systems, the intake system, the exhaust system, the ECU or ECM that's running the thing. We have our own ECM, and we're developing a, a new world-class one right now with Bosch. It's our own engine management we're not just building one component or one system. We're building the whole damn engine and everything that supports it. We're designing all of it, every bit of it. If you buy something from us, we know how to make your air intake system or your exhaust system support the engine because we want to win. And it's kind of cool. When we come up with a new product and it starts to win in the marketplace, it's as good as a race win even better sometimes because some of the guys in this shop go racing with us. But everybody in the shop wins when we have a winning product. And, and an article can come out that's very complimentary. They're out there high-fiving each other. It's a career win for them. A, a race win is kind of momentary. A product win is your life. It's how you support your family, you know. <laughs> you want to work for a company that wins. And we are kicking ass right now. And I, I am enjoying it so much, I can't sleep. I literally, five to six hours. Oh, literally. I, I, I wake get, up excited. I get texts at 11 o'clock at night. My wife thinks I have a mistress, and she goes, who is that? I'm You're like, not the only Ga one. It's Gail. <laughs> <laughs> he's sending me a meme. <laughs> so wait a minute. This is where we bookend it. So he's 11 o'clock at night, and yeah. the next morning it's 8 on a Sunday morning. He's blowing me up. So yeah. the guy didn't sleep. Like, what's going uh, on? No, the wheels are just turning. All the time. One key to, to you guys who uh, want to live to be a, a grand old age. I'm setting goals for this business for my 80th birthday. Literally. That'll be in August of 2022. You guys don't know all the goals, but I know them. And, and uh, my daughter Elizabeth's starting to know them. My son Colin's starting to know them. It's just happening. And, and I'm so excited about it, but I maintain time to hit the gym and do the cardio, do the weights. You know, I'm not a power lifter or any of that, but I can go long hours. Because well, it's not just the physical, it's the mental too. I mean, you are mentally stimulated on the way more than lightning or eye. 
I mean, the amount of things you're, you're writing patents and things like that. He and I are like, we had drool in the side of our mouth. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember what I had for lunch. And then I remembered it, I, you know, didn't. And then we have to have pizza at 10 o'clock at night while we're doing a podcast. And meanwhile, Gail is like, you know, walking to any whiteboard at, at, you know, banks. And, you know, unless there's a penis on it because it's lightning's a whiteboard that I drew on. Yes. Uh, you know, other than that, there's all sorts of equations and lists. And you walk into our podcast studio, we don't even have a whiteboard. Uh, sadly true. <laughs> we do need one. Although I didn't get one because they're actually, because they're echoey. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know if you noticed that you have a plexiglass uh, COVID shield hanging from the ceiling in your office. Yes. Yeah, I took a uh, dry erase marker and I put a big square in it and wanted under it. So when somebody walks in and looks through it, it'll look like you it's are sitting in a wanted, wanted poster. poster. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> that creative. is so cool. Very creative. That is so cool. <laughs> Well, uh, I will say that it is, it's, it's been a blast to work here, and I feel like I'm only just starting. It's been... That's uh, funny. Last week, you were uh, looking for a new job so, with Greg Adler. So I'm nah, not, I'm not going I'm, I'm to divulge your age, either, either one of you, but I'm glad you're here. I get a rare charge out of it because your sense of humor is just wicked cool, but your creative ability... You've pushed me to do things I wouldn't even think of doing. And God, it's fun. It's really enjoyable. So, and I enjoy, you know, mentoring. When I get to do a video, which we produce all this stuff in-house, uh, so we, uh, Lightning's got a hell of a... Yeah, we, have, we have a good crew. Oh, my God, what a crew. I get to thereby teach worldwide gearheads everywhere the stuff i've just learning and stuff that will live on yeah right lessons that are not going i I get this huge emotional payday truth be known i haven't had a raise in probably 18 to 20 years and my daughter told me this morning you know I i we gave you a raise (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I think you might deserve yes. it by this point. <laughs> they looked at what I was making and they said, uh-uh. What, what are you, you know. going to do with all that extra money? <laughs> can, you can afford, I got it. I'm going to buy Bitcoin. No, don't do that. Instead, Dogecoin. Instead, <laughs> buy. It's a cute dog. I'll right, tell you yeah, that. Yeah. Buy a tank of gas for the Ford GT and finally take me right around the freaking block. It's all about you, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. You're so self-centered. I'm horrible. <laughs> God. I, mean, I, want, I want to take you both for a ride in that. Well, it only fits two people, so I'm not going to take that ride. No, no, you, you can take Holman first. It's like he's been waiting longer. I'm fine, yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take my grandson, Eric, for a ride. He's 24. He's out in the shop, and uh, he's 6'5", probably. When I was buying the GT, Jay already had his. And I called him up and I said, can I fit the 2005 GT? And he says, say, say it like do I have say to? it. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come over here. Let's, you drive it. Anyhow, Dan Gurney, when he drove the GT40. The Gurney bubble. They hammered a bubble in one of the doors above his head and, uh, you know, the gold wing doors. And um, I said, do I have to do a gurney bubble on this thing? <laughs> he says, uh, you have a short haircut? <laughs> You'll fit. So I went over, got in his GT, 
uh, my crew cut just just rubbed on the. So and you had I to went, go to a number one from a number two. Yeah, on the bus. <laughs> yeah, I actually, yeah, I did. I'm a number one on top now because so so it doesn't rub the headliner. <laughs> do you do you hear what Gail just said? The subtext of that. Did you catch that? A number one versus a number two. No, no, no. no. But that's funny. But no, that's not what I'm talking about. Gail said, I told Jay I was going to buy one, but I didn't know if I was going to fit, so he let me come over and said, you should drive it. Gail, I'm thinking about uh, buying a Ford GT. <laughs> Do you think I'll fit? It's not going to work. No? Well, I, I don't think work, Eric no. will fit. I'll finish the Eric story. When he was about 10 years old, well, he's 24 now. In 05 or 06, maybe 07, I went down to my daughter's house. They're North County, above San Diego. I took some of the kids for a ride. Eric was afraid of the car. Now he's jonesing for a ride. <laughs> His head's going to hit the ceiling. I can see him in there. He just built an engine for his Miata. Can you imagine a guy 6'5"? In a Mazda Miata. Uh, yes, and their <laughs> eyes are above the uh, top of the windshield header. Yes. No, yeah. I mean, is it? Yeah. I, I think uh, they fit. He was just in my Mini passenger, sitting co-pilot, and he's like, I can't believe how much room is in here. He had like two inches above his head. And then you told him you'd sell it to him for 2000 bucks. Uh, well, no, he's not interested. <laughs> yeah, I can't he's imagine why. Well, he's doing, he's turboing his Miata. Awesome. Yeah, it's going to yeah. haul ass. Cool. Yeah, I, I don't know what's up with it. Why do, do why do so many of our engineers have Miatas? We, I think, Miatas are awesome. Cars. I think we have well, six or eight of them here. They're affordable and they're awesome. Yeah, what, yeah. very well balanced, great handling cars, reliable. There's a ton of stuff you can do to them. Everything from turboing the four cylinder or putting in a Ford five liter V8. I mean, it's just the world is open. And or an LS. Yeah, LS swap everything. Yeah, yeah. LS hashtag LS swap the world. No, no, no. <laughs> Banks, Banks, Duramax, Banks swap swap the world. Yeah. yeah. Well, Gail, thank you uh, for uh, for spending time with us. Everybody loves when you come on. We always like to share uh, the access we have to you, and I know it's uh, not a lot of people can just you know text Gail and go, "Hey, you want to be on our podcast?" But uh, the listeners have been asking, and we get a lot of emails. Hey, it's time for another Gail episode. He hasn't been on for a while, so uh, we delivered two. I don't think Holman. In all seriousness, I don't think that Gail believes me because I work here. And I, I, that explain to him the deluge of emails that we have with his name in them. Oh, yeah. You could, you could uh, just Google the reviews and Gail. Actually, I bet if you Googled Gail episode, a bunch of stuff would come up. <laughs> um, but, yeah, everybody always is, is a fan of just the, the storytelling. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Gail is everybody's favorite automotive uncle. <laughs> right? I mean, it's, it's the, <laughs> that, the, the automotive uncle you never had that's going to teach you. And, or the automotive granddad. Yeah, or, yeah. or automotive grandpa, yeah. you know. And, and uh, I think you, that there's so much. Um, I, I'm going to throw this out there. Next time I do this, you guys who've listened to this, what do you want to ask me? Well, we can do that. Uh, sure. I mean, we can yeah. do an Ask Gail segment. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some Gail questions, and we'll, uh, we'll, have them, uh, we'll have them answered. Oh, I know. I got one for you. All right. This came in. You might be able to answer this. On the brand new uh, 6.7 Cummins Ram 3500s, well, I guess also 2500s, there appears to be some sort of a diaper that's between the engine and the bell housing. And one of our listeners surmised that it was to catch all the oil so that they wouldn't have to warranty the truck because by the time the diaper was full, the, you would be past your warranty. And I think that's bunk. What do you know about the diaper? Not a the damn comments? thing. Okay. I don't know a damn thing about it, but I'm sure as hell going to find out. All right. 
I we have a new one. Yeah, yeah. We, I got it in 2020. Yeah, he sent I got me a picture. Get, and there's I, a, I got to get on a creeper and backstroke under that thing, and have a look at, at what's up. And <laughs> don't think he won't. By the way, <laughs> I will. I, I I am ultra curious. So and I I'll be I'll be talking to the guys at Cummins this week. Yeah. So so if you hashtag or hashtag so if you Google a 2020 Cummins diaper, it'll come out, and it's uh, uh the people online referring to it as the transmission diaper. And I don't know anything about it, and I haven't looked, but I'd love to uh, know more if you can find that out. Is it acoustic? Is it a sound deadener? I don't know. I just know that there's some sort of a fabric diaper-looking thing that's hanging under the engine and trans. Well. But we have to get to the bottom of yeah. it. That's our job as the Truck Show Podcast. Well, this happen. noise, vibration, and harshness thing, NBH, mm-hmm. is a big deal. And making that Cummins quiet is a big deal to them. Mm-hmm. They, uh, Women... Should buy trucks too, and and some women do. Uh, but the more civil you make a truck, the more attractive they, they are to women. Of course, if you're a horsewoman like my my daughter, you're driving truck all the time. You know, you're pulling those trailers around. So, on our old turbo kits back in the day in the early '80s for the GM diesels and then and 83, 82 for them, 83 for the Ford 6.9s. All the women in the horse business around here, I would say without exception, everyone who owned a horse operation turboed their truck here. So I had a huge fan club of horsewomen. And we advertised in the Cutting Horse magazine, you know, Cutting Horse Chatter, Equus, the Thoroughbred magazines. We were in all I'm the horse magazines. I can't relate to any of it. No. Yeah. <laughs> no idea but what I he's can. talking I about. Live, the, 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 we've got hay burners on my property. I have got one of my granddaughters who lives at my place. The whole family lives at my place. She just, on one weekend, and this is a 15-year-old girl, won $4,000 in dressage, you know, Hunter jumpers, that kind of stuff. I think she's going to go to the Olympics. I honestly do. I also think she's going to be a medical doctor. She will be the uh, the only uh, Banks family member to uh, perform with just one horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's tip, it. Tip your waitress. Lights Try the out. Meal. Yeah. Lights out. All right, Gail. Thanks again. Appreciate it. All right. All right, Holman. How are you feeling about a little uh, email from the inbox? Let's do it. That's lightning ruining this bit. <laughs> Normally you that do is that. It. Lightning, lightning ruining this bit. You always do that. So I figured uh, once it was my turn. Prove it. Uh, I, I, I'd have to go back to the audio. And you're too lazy to do that. Yeah, I'm okay. too lazy to All right, I got that. one here from our friend Jacob Boone. It says, called out. Finally, Holman calls Lightning out on the F-100 and shuts him down on his, ooh, bird, face, psych. Yeah. Wish you guys could see Holman. He's really enjoying this. Thanks, Jacob. Appreciate you uh, pointing that out. <sighs> cause any, uh, any problems in the house divided? Uh, what do you have over there, Lightning? 
Old Ford Ranger upgrade. Subject line from Duder Harris. Hello, Lightning and Holman. This Wait, is- Duder? <clears throat> yeah, Duder. I love it. <laughs> She's right here. Duder Harris. Uh, hello, Lightning and Holman. This is Joseph down in San Diego, and I've got a question about upgrading my relatively weak, not-so-off-road truck into a little bit better off-road truck. So it's a 2009 rear-wheel-drive long-bed Ford Ranger with a 2.3-liter engine. Oh, I know it'll never be a great off-road toy, but I'd still like to dip into this cool hobby. So any help you guys could provide would be really greatly appreciated. Uh, thank you, and five stars. Five star review! Five stars! So, Holman, uh, easy upgrades for our friend Duder with a 2.3 liter Ranger. What do you What do you recommend? Is yeah, there, uh, I don't know, is there, there's no like, uh, I don't know, no supercharger or anything they need for, mean, for performance that way. So, the 2.3 is a bulletproof engine, but it leaves a lot to be desired in the power department. So, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't focus too much on that. Otherwise, uh, throw some high quality motor oil in it. Uh, replace the air filter, something higher flowing, maybe a cold air intake or something like that, a, a new exhaust system. Other than that, it sort of is what it is. I mean, uh, I could have suggested that stuff. What I would recommend on that is... Uh, if what does he do for suspension? Well, I was going to say, if he wants to go off-roading, then uh, I would add uh, a good set of shocks on it. If you want a little bit more height, go to Camberg or Fabtech or something. Don't spend a ton of money on it. It's an older truck. But you can get a uh, a you know lift kit for the front or a... Uh, leveling kit. Uh, throw some 31s on it. Doesn't really need that much more. Uh, put a limited slip in the back and put some good tires on it, and then just go wheel it. So like, he's in it for I don't know uh, five six grand for all know. that stuff. No, I mean don't spend five or six grand. Go go to Craigslist mm-hmm. and find takeoff parts and wheels and do it that way because uh, there's a million Rangers out there. Here's where you need to go. Since you're in San Diego, hit up our friends at Off Road Warehouse. That's the hot ticket. Those guys are dialed in. They do a lot of, uh, they're hardcore into wheeling. And they, uh, I was just down at their Escondido location, actually East San Diego, and they have every major brand and they've got nine lifts and they're super dope off road warehouse. That's a plug. Uh, I'd love them to be an advertiser soon. That's why I'm um, going heavy on this. I was going to say, that was uh, a lot of butter on that one. I'm saying. All right, got one here from uh, Jeeper Jones. It says, uh, Jabubli's new truck. You don't know it yet, but you definitely want an off-road inspired truck. The whole time I was listening, the only thing I could think of is F-150 Tremor. Not sure where it falls as far as plain Jane or fully loaded trim, but I'm sure Sean can fill you in on that. Or, if you're like me and want both at the same time, think about the air ride on the new Rams. I've seen the Ram pages where they install different links to trick the sensors like the old Rolls Royces. Uh, you can lift it or slambago it with the touch of a button. Sounds pretty damn cool to me. Not sure if it damages the bags or hurts the ride, but it looks cool. And we know Lightning's all about looking cool. And remember, uh, hashtag everything matters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. Uh, and P.S. Moabisode, September 2021. And uh, uh, Jeeper Evan Jones has been trying to uh, get me to lock down that I can be in Moab in September for a group of off-roading that he's doing out there. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what I'm doing in three weeks. Like, that's way too far out. So I, if I, I would love to go. But it's also like it's so far in the future. Why don't you I, just say it? Just just cut to the chase. Say thanks, but no thanks. I, I don't know because I would like to go to Moab. Okay, I just my schedule sucks and I just can't commit to it yet. Okay, S10 mini trucks. LOL. Subject line from uh, Chad Batista. And wait a minute. So there is a. There's more to this. Hold on. There's a second page that you printed out. So oh wow. Okay. So this is. Is square, that square body S10? Well, Slam. he's by a fair Ferris wheel. Where's this? He's by yeah. So that's a S10 square body. Dude, I passed a freaking S10 square body. Lowered? Lowered. Hmm. A black one, and there's a blurry photo of it on my phone, which I'll be happy to show you. Oh, and look at this. 
Nice. Oh, GMC right here. Another G. Oh, what is this? Dirty 13 on his windshield. Not sure what that signifies, but. Uh, Probably his a, car club, uh, I would imagine. That's what it is right here. And uh, he's got a, it's a slammed. That's kind of a weird wheel choice, wouldn't you say, on no, this one? Uh, kind of a BBS-looking wheel. Yeah. That's not what you'd expect on uh, I don't on think S10. that's the point, Lightning. I think the point was to prove me wrong and show that there are slammed square body S10s. There absolutely are, and I knew there were. So thanks for uh, backing me up there, buddy. All right, uh, Ryan Chug, the Lord's Chicken and F-150s. Hello, P. Holman and Lightning, or Lightning and P. Holman. See? No favoritism. Ha-ha. <laughs> Except... He did uh, say my name first, first. Uh, long-time listener, few-time emailer. Uh, all right, so Ryan says, I am from Kentucky. I listen while working at Home Depot at night. First off, the opinion that Chick-fil-A is the Lord's chicken is inaccurate, at least in my opinion. Coming from the state that invented Kentucky Fried Chicken, which is nasty even here, I put Zaxby's and Raisin Cane's in front of Chick-fil-A. Mm, so I haven't had Zaxby's. I'm, I'm on my uh, Chicken Sandwich World Tour right now. And I have not found a, a Zaxby's in my travel. But I'll tell you right now, Raising Cane's has no flavor. They have great Texas toast. They have syrupy, eh, sweet tea. And everything's like Popeye's. Everything that comes on your plate What about the, the dipping color. sauce? See, every, everyone seems way, to like way, the dipping no, sauce. No, no. Chick-fil-A's dipping sauce is way better. Way better. Like, they're just too vinegary. I just, it's not good. Hmm. Uh, anyway, so it says Zaxby's sandwich is so amazing it doesn't even need the pickle. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I personally don't like things getting in the way of the meat of the matter anyway. Haha. Chick-fil-A is loved down here for whatever reason, but I've never really been impressed with it. As far as the burgers go, I've got to put Hardee's or Culver's up there. Hardee's, that's just freaking Carl's Jr., dude. There's yeah. there's nothing good about Hardee's Carl's Jr. Hardee's is uh, rank. Dude, that is one step above McDonald's emergency food on the road. That's not somewhere where you actually stop if you're older than 16. Nope. Uh, and Culver's, I do put up there. We have talked about that on the show, where Culver's is, is high on our list of uh, road trip foods. And it's a recent discovery, so we it celebrate is. it. Uh, again, in my opinion. Second, I drive a 2005 Ford F-150 XL with the 4.6 that's been replaced with a Jasper equivalent. What's your opinion on the 4.6 and 5.4 Tritons, P. Holman? My truck has 266,000 miles on it, with only the engine being replaced for about 175 due to the crappy coil unplug design. What are the opinions and modifications for these trucks? I'd like to do some mild exploring and camping. Thanks for the read. Five-star amount of those parameters. Remember, everything matters. Congratulations. You have earned five stars. monitor, key engine parameters. Thanks for watching, and remember, everything matters. I got a triple on that one. Look at that. P.S. What happened to the guy that came on from time to time? Did P. Holman forget or just stop doing it? Uh, I think he's talking about Billy. Dude, he was on the last episode. Did you miss that? Uh, he says, by the way, uh, Buffalo Trace is king of bourbon. Um, Buffalo Trace is solid. It's good. It's what I don't even know what you're saying right now. The best. Buffalo what Trace. Is, what is that? You literally bought me a bottle for Christmas two years ago. Oh. No, you know, so I'm going to be honest with you. I went you, in. You regifted. No. No, I absolutely did not. Okay. I went in and I said, my buddy is a bourbon snob. Okay. What is the best? And the guy's like, this is the right here. It's good. I, I like uh, and Buffalo I, Trace. And I had to take his word for it because- you don't want me choosing. I look. Uh, I like Woodford. I like um, Old Forester. I like uh, Jefferson. Uh, small batch is really good. It's almost too good. It's almost too smooth. You just drink too much of it. Yeah, that's Angel's a lot. Envy. I okay, mean, all right, all right. That's enough. Buffalo Trace is up there. You've already spent like three hundred bucks of his money. <laughs> it's true. Send me a bottle. I'll uh, prove me wrong. Uh, slammed S tens is the subject line from Derek Wilson. Hey, Lightning, then Holman. Look at that. He writes, "Hey, Lightning, then Holman." Boom. 
Boom! <laughs> okay, one, Boom! One, one listener out of thousands. <laughs> I'm emailing to back up lightning. Yes, my man. Just heard on the last podcast that Holman was pretty sure of himself when he was saying that no one's actually slamming square body S10s. So here are just a few to prove him wrong. The first one is mine. Well, f- hold on. I didn't not, say not the prettiest. I don't one, think I said no one. But I'm one still working it. on it. I tried to include the Instagram names anyway. <laughs> you call on, that an S10? Ah. Keep on putting those five stars <laughs> down. He said. Five star review. Five star. I'm glad. I'm glad you have one. There's person who one has your right back. there. Two, yeah, two, three, four, four five, yeah. six, uh-huh. seven, uh-huh. eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, no, 15, not 14 or 15. Right no. off the page. Number one, it you added right extra numbers the on there. Number two, don't make me start sending you, because I'll do it just out of spite, all of the modified F-150s in the world. I'll do it. I, and you can't count anything with a freaking two cross box on the back. <sighs> no. All right. No, no, no. Shut up for a second. This is more important than any of this. Now, what is this uh, United Postal Service box you have? I here? have a box from Jonathan Tolman. And if you remember, he had asked us in a previous episode for our address, and we failed to give it to him. So then he wrote back again and goes, guys, I'm serious. I want to send you some stuff. And then we went, oh, and then you claimed that you sent your work address. I did. And I told you I sent the Motor Trend work address. Well, he probably felt uncomfortable sending it to banks. So he yeah, sent it to- he knew that it would come to you. This is a heavy box. Listen, <clears throat> can you guess what this box weighs? Can you? I, I, well, you need to hand it to me, but cover up the weight. So I can't see it. Okay. Uh, well, just hand it to me upside down because it's on the the, the label's going to be on the top. I would assume, right? All right. So do it this way. I'm going to toss you this box. It's heavy. I want you to tell me how much you think it weighs. All right. Oh, geez. Okay. Uh, this is about a ten pounds. Eleven. Yeah, eleven pounds right. somewhere in there. Toss it back. Yeah. Here it goes. Come on. You have a knife in your hand. It's so fine. I got to put your knife it. down. No, no, I got it. You sure? Yeah, I got it. Okay. Oh my god! My <laughs> finger! No, just kidding. He is, he's he's got a giant buck knife, switchblade, no, butterfly knife thing. No, it's my uh, Benchmade. This is a beautiful knife with a uh, 20 CV blade on it. So I don't, what, 20 CV? What does it's that a, mean? It's the steel. Okay. It's a nice, nice grade of steel for knives. Okay. All right, so uh, we're opening up this box from, uh, uh, from Jonathan Tolman that comes from an APO AE. Oh, so here. APO is, it's not Air Force. What is that? Army? APO? Army post office, correct? Well, you're shrugging. I know it's some kind of military thing. Yeah. We've established that, remember? He was out of country, and he literally said, before I leave and come home, I want to send you guys something? I understand that, but- Yeah. Yeah, okay. Man, this thing is, like, well-packaged. All right. What do we got here? Oh, dude! Check it out! I can't. You're- Oh. Oh, oh they look like t-shirts. Look at challenge coins. Oh. <gasps> Oh, sweet. All right. We've got this from Belgium from- uh, Well, first off, explain what challenge coin is. You're assuming all of our friends are in the military. Uh, it's a coin for your unit or representing something- Size of a silver dollar. Yeah. That, that is like uh, designed to have your, your unit uh, info on it, pictures, your patch, uh, something that you give people. It's like a special thing people in the military give out to each other or uh, it's fun to trade. Um, it's like a sign of respect. Dude, Gail has one from SEAL Team 6. Actually, several. I have one from Gail's friend in the Seabees. Oh, do you? Oh, I have, yeah, I have one of those. And then too. I have uh, two or three from you from, uh, the, from the Navy, from our friend uh, Lieutenant Hux. 
Oh, you have mine that yeah, he, I ga- do. he yeah. gave? They're in a drawer. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Like, I'm forgetting to give it to you. One here? All right, so this is uh, from uh, Klein Brogel. Damn, these things are heavy. Uh, Air Base in Belgium. This is seriously heavy. It says, uh, I can't speak Belgium, but it's the Luchtmacht 10 WTAC. No, flip it over. It says leading the way. Mm-hmm. 704. Nope, 701. 701, sorry. Munns. Munns. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Uh... I mean, how dare he? This looks like the uh, Peugeot Lion over a uh, a Northern Star. I don't know what that means, but... uh, So either he's smart or he's mean. He sent us two XL shirts, but they're gilded, so they'll probably shrink. Okay. All right, so these are uh, the same unit uh, on them as the challenge coins. So here's one for you. These are bright red shirts, which uh, I'll, I'll rock that. Dude, that's cool. Wow. Those are really cool. All right, and then we're we, uh, we're not that fat, but we will we'll shrink them. Huh? Check oh. it out, and then oh, look at that! This is not really good radio. This, Sorry, no, guys. Seven hundred one Muns lead the way. No, wait. No, right, hold on. So this here, is like a, shirt. Wait, 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 this is like a soccer shirt. Hold on. All right. I, uh, this is unusual. Dude, you're missing out. What am I missing no, out on? No, this is like a workout shirt. It's like a uh, athletic shirt. Okay. Yeah. This is a soccer shirt, dude, my friend. Dude, no, it's yeah. not. Check it out. Okay. We have Belgium waffles. Simply. Golfers, Gophers de la Hea. Waffle Delights. So it's like individually wrapped Belgian waffles. Oh my God. Uh, we've got, ooh, a box. A box of uh, Carrefour Bio waffles. Ooh, a box of chocolate covered oh. waffles. Oh my Lord, can Dude, I? Dude, what is this? What? Dude, is... It's a whole sleeve of giant chocolate covered Belgian waffles. And he, he sent two of each for us. Dude. I, I have the knife, though. I'm stabbing you and taking this. You're not getting any of this. Hey, listen, if I were in your position, I'd do the same Dude, thing. do we leave these in the studio? No. Are you kidding me? These we are... have rats and ants that live in here. No, I know, but they're wrapped. I'm just thinking, like, because we're, we're eating these now as soon as the show's over. We're, no, we're going to eat them now, and they can listen to us chop one. You ready? Bust uh, one. All right, well, which one do you want to do? Uh, I, You know, you, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate or not? I mean, I mean, please. Right. Of course, chocolate. Chocolate? Yeah, of course. All right, these ones from uh, from Lotus. Sorry, guys, this is not a good use of audio. I apologize, but no, uh, I don't apologize at all because our listeners are sending us some crazy, awesome goodness from overseas. Lotus brand chocolate covered waffles, individually wrapped. Hey, uh, should this be know your note? Hey, which package of waffles am I opening? Let's see here. Oh, dude, dude, these are awesome. Oh, oh, they're like oh, hell yeah. They're like donuts shaped like waffles. Oh my god! Oh, dude, look, it's so hot in here. The chocolate's mm-hmm. already melting on my hand. This is so good. This is amazing. Yeah, I'm knifing you on the way out and taking the box. Wow. Mm. As long as I have blood left in my body, I'm gonna fight for the rest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I'm, clo- I'm closer to the door, and I have a key. You gonna lock me in here? Uh huh. Just lock me in with the food. No, I'm locking you without the food. I'm taking the food. That's gonna be insult to injury. You had the survival stuff you needed. I don't know that I've ever had a waffle. I've never had a waffle covered like, like chocolate. This. I've never had one that's not like had syrup or like had been at a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like it's like a donut. Uh huh. But it's got like little crispy pieces in it. Mm-hmm. Wow. While you're listening, to lightning eat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not me eating because I've already eaten it all. No, you haven't. You're still <laughs> right oh. Where were we? Oh. I we got to get in to know your note. Oh, there's a big piece in your beard. All right, okay, I save it for later. <laughs> That's how I feed the squirrels in there. Mm. Come on.
now it's time to take a trip down speedy lane. We're gonna play an exhaust for you, and nope, we're not insane. Well, maybe a little. Know your note. Come on and cast your vote. Know your note. Get it right, and you can gloat. Know your note. Vroom, 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 vroom. That was so good. Mm. Damn, that was good. Dude, I'm trying to get the chocolate off my fingers. Uh-huh. Dude. Use, use your mouth instead of your uh, your buns. Oh, that was amazing. I don't know. Uh, I haven't been that excited about a uh, listener gift since uh, the ant farm. This might be a little better than the ant farm. Jonathan Tolman, you are now our favorite listener. Revel in it. All right, well, uh, while Lightning finishes uh, licking the chocolate waffle uh, remnants off his lips, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to play a couple uh, couple notes for you. All right, Lightning, uh, do you know your note? Hemi. No, I'm, I'm thinking old small block. Are you? Sounds vintagey. Yeah, you're right. It is vintagey. All right, what are you going with? I'm going with a uh, vintagey, vintagey, vintagey. I'm going to go with a uh, an international scout. Uh, this is from uh, Casey Hebert, and he says, "Okay, that majestic and healthy rumble was my 1977 Ford Bronco with a 302." Oh, uh, I'm going to give myself half a ding. I said small block. Okay, I didn't yeah. specify Ford yeah. or Chevy. He uh, says it's got 65,000 original miles, so that thing's worth a lot of money now. Yeah, Jeez. Is. And everything on the engine is stock, including the Motocraft two-barrel carb. It has a three-and-a-half-inch lift with Deaver Springs and Bill Stein 5150s riding on 35-inch Gladiators. Awesome, Casey. Appreciate that. It was uh, love to see that old iron out there, and uh, hopefully uh, you're just uh, enjoying all those uh, rare original miles while you can because uh, those Broncos, super hard to find, especially in low miles. What do you think it's worth, honestly? 50? Um, yeah, Probably. Huh. I I wouldn't be surprised. Huh. I mean, running, driving, original miles. Unrelated to that, I saw a Jeep Wagoneer. It was a uh, so awesome. early '80s <clears throat> guy wanted ninety grand for it. Uh, so you can get a from uh, Wagon Masters, which is a company somewhere in the Midwest. They rebuild them mm-hmm. from the bottom up, and they're getting uh, over a hundred thousand for them. Oh my god. Yeah. And they're beautiful. So uh, Ben Palmer, our friend up in Oregon, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, with four hundred six garage, right? Yep. I was talking to him. He wants to, he's thinking about buying the Mini for his son, which is kind of cool because I feel like I'm potentially could keep it in the truck show podcast family, right? And because my son wants some like surf type wagon. So Ben's out there looking for, I don't know, whether it's an old Mercedes wagon or it's a, we found a Jeep Wagoneer, which we're really interested in, but it's a lot of work, but it's a great price. So those Jeep Wagoneers are pretty bitching. 4500 bucks needs hmm. about ah, five grand worth of work. 73, I want to say. It was a 1973. Hmm. Did you get a know-your-note out of it? Uh, I could, yeah. All right, how about this one? <laughs> I mean, it's diesel, right? But it's not a 12-valve. No, it's... Is it a... It's, it's a six-valve. <laughs> no, but is it a car? Did you hear the dinging? Yeah. It's familiar, but I don't know what. I'll listen to it. No, let's listen to whistle up. You hear that? Fuel pump. Yeah. No, that's the turbo spinning up. That's the turbo right there. Yeah. 
the hell is that thing? What on God's green earth <laughs> is that I don't even vehicle? know. I'm so interested. Can you play that again? That was actually, I really enjoyed that uh, sound. Yeah, that comes from uh, Anthony Fole. I like how it doesn't start. Yeah. This is one of my favorite sounds so far. It's definitely a truck. It's And it's modern-ish. I don't oh, think it's a truck. You know what this is, dude? I think it's a car. This is a repower. Oh, this you think it's up, like a Fummins yeah. or something? Yep, I sure do. No, I think the ding is what's throwing me off. I don't, that ding's familiar, and I don't but know see, what... But see, that ding is foreign. To me, that ding is like Volvo ding. It's something weird. So that, that engine is like a Caterpillar? No. No. Really? It's modified. Walk through what cars? Listen to that turbo spin up. What cars have diesels? Volkswagen, Volvos, Mercedes in the U.S. Mercedes, yeah, BMW. I mean, do we just like say German? I, I think or so. Or do you think it's literally like a truck that has some weird tractor swap? That 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 ding is not. American. No, it's not. It's just not. All right, hold on. Let me look. Uh, Anthony Full sent yeah. us this. Oh! What? Yeah! 2006 Volkswagen Jetta TDI with a straight pipe exhaust, five-speed manual, and 380,000 kilometers, which is 236,000 miles. I oh drive it to and from work, and I got it secondhand. I wonder where he's at, where it's kilometers. You think he's in Canada? Yeah, I bet. Or, or yeah. Europe. No, we no, have a lot of listeners in Europe. Canadian, probably. Dude, that's hilarious. I mean, do we? I guess we, right? Yeah. I well, mean, we knew it was foreign. We, we walked into it, sort of. We wa- we slammed our nose Listen, into it. Listen, that, yeah. that's as good as it's going to get for us. Like, that's just, we're not going to do any better than that. Well, so far, we're not really doing great at it. Know your notes. No, I disagree. I think we're doing fine. All right. For us. All right, uh, this one from Ryan Kornblum, and uh, he says, Hey, Thunder and Sean Poutine Man Holman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that's about that right. It's true. Yeah. Uh, You're I thought, a Poutine fan. I thought I would send in my Know Your Note. I love the show. Helps me get through the week. Good luck, guys. And also, let's hear a uh, Yeah Buddy, the Finnegan edition. Yeah, buddy. All right, what you got? That's coming. Definitely 12 valve. Yeah. 5.9, 12 valve. Mm-hmm got that sweet sweet coming sound that one's in good shape though oh that one oh there you yeah, go no this is that's this, smooth this is built this is yeah, modded yeah, for but sure it, but i like it that sounds pretty good that sounds great i'm uh, i'm into it uh so what what year do we think i'm gonna say it's an 05 uh, i don't know oh eight okay i don't know well no it can't be 08 because they stopped it in 07 and a half. Oh, yeah. 06 and a half or 07 and 07 and a half. Yeah. I'm going uh, 06. Okay. So are your part. I'm going yeah. to go low. You go high. All right. Uh, price is right rules? Mm-hmm. Okay. You're 05. I'm 05. You're 06. All right. You ready? Uh, yes. What is it? 2003 Ooh. Ram 2500 Ooh. Cummins 5.9 with an AFE exhaust. And it's a negative five degrees Celsius cold start. Shout out to Holman for convincing me to drive the manual. This truck is my first manual, and I'm self-taught. So far, I love it, and thank you. Nice. All right, uh, this is going to be a, a double because uh, Casey Hebert also sent us uh, this one. He says, hey, Jaboobly and Hubba Bubba, here's one for you guys to ponder. I'll send another email with the details on the truck. May the odds be in your favor. All right, I don't like that. Okay. All right. Uh, I think those are uh, 
Um, German Shepherds in the background. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking this is a big rig. A, no, no, it's not a big rig. No, it sounds no, like no, a, no. it sounds like a big uh, a big displacement to me. That's diesel. No, no that's not diesel. Yeah, no, 100%. no, nope, 100%. Nope, not diesel. Definitely not diesel. Hmm. I'm going definitely diesel. Definitely not diesel is what I'm saying. Okay. All right. You ready? Yep. Uh, he says, uh, okay, the note I sent in is my brother-in-law's truck. He has a 55 Series 1 Chevy 3100 five-window with a 350 Jex crate motor. Has Camaro front suspension, lowering springs, and sitting on 18-inch torque thrust twos. We just finished uh, his last upgrade with a vintage air kit. And, man, that's a well-thought-out design. Uh, Shout-out to Rick Love over at Vintage Air. It took us a good eight hours to install it since the firewall was smoothed out when painted, so we had a hell re-drilling the mounting holes. Uh, we'll be installing the vintage air kit in my 77 Bronco next weekend, so should be able to shave a few hours off the install time. Here's a couple of pictures of a sweet ride. Hashtag, yeah, buddy. And that comes from Casey. Yeah, buddy. And ding for me because it was just gas. Yeah, but that's only half a ding. You had no idea what it was. What are you talking about? And the whole, the whole, the I didn't whole know what it was. Was muffled like it didn't. No, but sound it was, quality was so, awful. But it was, it was too fast. You got reacting. gas. Yeah, you got gas because it was that. responsive. Okay, well you got gas. Yeah, and. You're going to give yourself a win on that one? Because it was you and I. You were saying it was definitely okay, diesel. Okay, so it's not it a ding for gas. us getting it right. It's no. a ding for whoever's closest? Correct. Okay, that changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. All right, well, I got one more for you, uh, and this is the uh, the Borla clip I played earlier. I'm going to play it right now, and then you tell me what it is. Know your notes. All right, give me some Borla exhaust love. Man, I could listen to that all day long. But it's that's it's just something racing. Like that sounded like uh, an offshore racing boat. You're gonna go with offshore racing boat? No, I know it's not. Oh, okay. Well, then I know are it's you not. going to guess what it is? Uh, oh my God. Uh, that's one vehicle. I didn't say that. I'm just saying, guess what it is. I don't. I don't even know. No, I don't. I don't. I don't even have a clue what that is because it's revving. It's revving so high. This is the uh, Borla Short Course Scott Douglas Race Truck. Oh, my God. That sounds awesome. Oh, okay. Race. Oh, yeah. Short Course. So, like, at Grand Prix and, and such when they uh, do the, yeah, the doing is, the jumps on uh, asphalt. This is an older video from uh, Lures Vegas a long time ago, you know, but still freaking sounds so cool. Is that the Lures series still around? No, it's not, right? No, no. Okay, they've, got they've it. Moved on. That sounds bonkers. Don't they? They're revving so high. They sound like uh, those, those uh, like, 20-foot boats that, like, Finnegan would run, right? Listen to that again. I'm telling you, those sound like offshore racing boats. That's, by the way, uh, flames exploding out of the Lucas uh, Off-Road <laughs> Series uh, uh, checkered flag area. Have to start All right, well, listen, here's one thing that we can agree on. Borla exhaust sound amazing. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, yes to that. All right, if you've got to know your note that you want us to guess, please, please do send us uh, the audio file to truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. That is truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call the five-star hotline and leave it as a voicemail. The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show, oh, oh. And there's a million ways to get a hold of us. Uh, you can try the Truck Show Podcast email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. 
call us on the Five Star Hotline, 657-205-6105. Or you can reach out to us on social at Truck Show Podcast or uh, find us uh, in our personal lives at LBC Lighting, at Sean P. Holman. We are here for you guys, the listeners. We love to interact with you offline. And we really love chocolate-covered waffles. I mean, let's be honest. Dude, Jonathan Tolman, our new hero. Dude, thank you for the challenge coins. Thank you for uh, the waffles. So that was a soft waffle, Lightning. I, I'm going to pull out this package of hard waffles. Okay. What is the... Oh, those are like a crisp. like a crisp. Okay. But, dude, they're weighty. All right. They're still very, very weighty. All right. Let me have one of these here. Oh, oh wow. They're soft. How do they feel like that, but they're chewy? They're so dense. Like us. Dude, this is the perfect food for us. It tastes like there's onion inside. Yeah, what's in the middle? This is like a graham cracker that's filled with something. It's like a um, waffle-shaped, soggy graham cracker filled with honey. Oh, my God, is this good. Oh, dude. Holy crap. I literally don't think I can eat this whole one. It's so rich. Jonathan, dude. Oh my god! I can't. I don't. I can't finish it. I don't think we've ever a- ate so much my, on the air before. My teeth hurt. Well, you know what won't hurt is your uh, your backside. We're sitting on those Nissan Zero Gravity seats, and the ride of the Nissan Titan is so smooth that you don't have to worry about uh, your teeth chattering of mm-hmm. uh, or the ache that comes from eating a over sugared uh, waffle treat. <laughs> and you can easily drown out the sound of your chewing with the amazing Fender audio system, or the weird thoughts that come to your mind when you're having a uh, sugar coma. <laughs> uh, head over to uh, NissanUSA.com where you can build and price the Titan or Titan XD of your dream. Of course, the Titan comes with the industry's best five year, one hundred thousand miles. Uh, warranty and is probably the uh, most underrated pickup truck out there. So uh, give it a shot if you're in the market for a half ton truck and put your uh, put your butt in that zero gravity seat and uh, give that Nissan 5.6 liter endurance V8 a nice little rumble around the block. And if you're not in the market for a new truck because a little bit out of your price range and you uh, need to fix the truck you do have, head over to AutoZone or to DuralastParts.com where you can check out uh, a gazillion different uh, categories of parts and products. Something that Gail used to say back in the day is uh, cheaper to keep her. All right, well, if you've decided to keep her and you need a bunch of great parts, head over to DuralastParts.com where they've got parts in just about every category, including chassis, vehicle electronics, batteries, brakes, starters and alternators, suspension, and even a robust line of tools so that you can install all those great new parts. You can also uh, find all that stuff at your local AutoZone. And now that your truck is back on the road, you got to upgrade that exhaust, and we recommend our friends over at Borla who make a T3 or 4 stainless steel exhaust, no drone, and a million-mile warranty. Visit Borla.com where you can find out all the applications that they cover and all the different sound levels. Borla Exhaust, proudly made in the USA. USA! 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 The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Motor Trend Group. This podcast was created and produced by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan of the Truck Show Podcast, we encourage you to visit and patronize our sponsors. 